Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Can you hear me now? I can. You are communicating quite well. <laughs> we have fantastic communication skills, you and I, Kat. We do. We do. And Zoom is a great way of communicating for us for this podcast. Especially considering we're so far away from each other. I know. I know. I know. Well, I'm still hoping to come up and see you in April, but I don't know for sure yet that's going to happen. For those of you guys that are not aware, Tanya is going to be a presenter at the, the Minnesota Yoga Conference. Yeah. For, for the whole state of Minnesota. She's <laughs> going to be one of the presenters. I'm a, little, um, I'm a little excited and a little nervous all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Hoping that my communication skills that day don't fail me. <laughs> they won't. You're a great communicator. We are in jest these first couple minutes about communication because that is our topic today, part two from our listening episode last week. But what you all don't know is that since Kat and I was trying to do this episode, her phone has been trying to communicate with her. <laughs> nonstop, nonstop. I mean, like, I, I think I'm the most popular person in Tennessee, maybe even in the United States right now. I do maybe. Think <laughs> that this is the most your phone has been active, but it's been definitely active today. Everybody wants me. Everybody, Everybody wants me. You right now, in this they very do. moment. They do, right this minute. So, yeah. But anyway, I did, I guess I did not communicate well enough to everyone in my sphere that we would be recording right now. But uh, I'm glad we're talking about communication today because it is important and it is an art form and it really takes a lot of practice to master real good, effective, efficient, true communication. Yeah, I think that with it, like you and I were just talking about in our first recording today is li literally the importance of that, like lean in and be with a person like good communication mm -hmm. is really active, like, mm -hmm. you know, turning your back on somebody and, and we have busy lives, like we're in the kitchen and somebody's talking behind us, you know, or, you know, we've got kids at the counter doing homework or whatever it is, like, right, like we're, we're busy people mm -hmm. and there tends to be a lot of distraction when it comes to communication. And there's so many forms of communication now. You've got text messaging, you've got emails, you've got Zoom, you've got, you know, I, I can't tell you how often I am doing more than one thing at a time. Like I could literally be on Zoom with, you know, six people across the United States for work and also be sending an email to another person in a completely different state while my phone is texting me, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're over inundated actually with communication. We are. And so a couple of ways that we can can effectively communicate and a couple of them you've already mentioned. Well, first active listening. We talked about listening last week. If you didn't hear that episode, jump back on and check that one out. But you also want to be assertive and confident when you're expressing your thoughts and be very mindful of your body language. You noticed right away when my phone was blowing up that my whole entire body changed that I, and I didn't think about it until just then, but I immediately, when I was getting overwhelmed, I scoot back in my chair and I became smaller because totally I totally did. Yeah. But so also, so I was not, 
I was still listening, but I was I was communicating with my body language a lot. Uh, but you also want to be very specific about your message and straightforward when you're describing what you mean, because that can get you in a lot of trouble if you're running in circles trying to get a point across, but you're not real straightforward. Maybe you don't want to be straightforward for whatever reason. But you also want to consider who you're talking to and adapt your communication style to that person that you're talking to. So as a yoga instructor, I speak completely different to them than I do to my husband or my kids or you or my mom. So we do, when we're communicating, we do have to adapt to the person we're talking to as well. We have to adapt to the person that we're speaking to as in meet them where they are at. We say this in yoga all the time, where they are at on their mat today. Like it doesn't serve me a purpose to be talking about sacred text to this person who's a beginner and doesn't even know what yoga is yet, right? And I use that as an example, right? The same thing would be held true. Like you wouldn't use like ginormous, long five syllable words to speak to your four-year-old granddaughter, like also meet them where they are on their mat. With that too is sometimes you can use it incorrectly both ways. You can talk over a person, but you can also talk under a person too, which is also quite demeaning. Mm -hmm. So being really careful to recognize who your audience is. Oh, I hate it when someone's condescending. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. There are three main ways to communicate. You can, uh, one is the aggressive communication, which involves speaking in a forceful and hostile manner that alienates others. The second one is passive communication. It's characterized by not expressing your thoughts, feelings, or wishes. This form of communication can make you feel like others are walking all over you. And then, and my mom will do this, and I know you, and I've done this too. I can be, I can decide to not express my feelings or wishes if I don't want to rock the boat. So that's a form of communication. Assertive communication involves clearly expressing what you think, how you feel, and what you want without demanding that you must have things your way. And that's the way that I think most of us want to communicate and strive to communicate. And that is a skill to get to that point. But if you want to be effective in your own life, You need to work on being an assertive communicator and not falling into that aggressive or the passive communication roles. 100%. And then there's the fourth communication style, which is passive aggressive. And we're going to just leave that off the plate (laughs) for today's conversation, because that is also a whole nother episode or multiple part episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yes, to your point, the importance of really finding your assertive voice without demands, without judgment, right? And it's also that place where our really healthy fifth chakra resides, that throat chakra. And it's also a really great place for um, speaking your truth and also for self-advocacy in general. Like if, if you need to be standing up for yourself, stand up for yourself assertively, you know, trying to actually say, hey, I understand that this is what we're up against, but this is what I need, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to communicate that, whether it's in your job or your home life or, you know, with a friend or a family member or whatever it is, like those are very important. But then also, you know, one of the things that we talked about and, or at least we brought up styles like text messaging and emailing and things like really there is so many styles to communication, verbal and nonverbal. We talked about like you just sitting back and it was very clear that something had shifted for you, right? And Mm -hmm. so body language is a huge one. Written language is a 
huge one. We can communicate through books. We can communicate through letters. We can communicate through emails, through text messages. But do also know and understand that sometimes things will get lost or there's the inability to clarify because in a text message, we can't see facial expressions. Somebody might send something that they meant as a joke, but we didn't see it as a joke and we received it quite differently than the writer had intended, right? And so there's also, you know, having to be mindful of how to tread within those forms of communication when we don't have all of the pieces, right? Mm -hmm. And so it really is important when in communication to be watching someone's body language. You think about the very powerful communication of sign language and how signers use their body quite distinctly to help express what they're saying with their hands because their voice can't express it, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole lot that goes into communication. Well, and when you think about body language, and I'm glad you brought that up, one of the things that you can think about what you're projecting, because you can't control other people's body language, but you can try to be relaxed in your body and comfortable, try not to fidget. And are you a fidgeter? I'm not a fidgeter. I'm a fidgeter. And you sit and you, when we zoom and I am all over the place, I'm pulling the leg up, I'm moving all around. So I am a fidgeter. And so I try very hard to not fidget, but that can be seen as someone that is not truly paying attention. So that's a good way to think about it. Are you fidgeting? Try not to fidget. Be still, you know, in your body, be relaxed, be comfortable, have an open posture. Don't cross your arms. I never stand with my arms crossed because to me, if I see someone standing, with their arms crossed, that means they have closed me out immediately. You do want to lean in towards a person when you're communicating, but you don't want to lean into their bubble. So there's that there's that little fine line. Yeah, there's line. the difference between <laughs> leaning in and being receptive and getting in someone's face. Yeah, you and we've mentioned eye contact continuously when we talk about the listening in the listening podcast, but that's important, the eye contact. If you are talking to someone, but you're looking over their head, at another conversation, then you have made them feel not important. You've, you have made them feel like you're trying to find a way to escape. And you want to face a person squarely. You know, if you face them squarely, that in and of itself just gives you that feeling of I have your entire attention. If I'm talking to you, but I'm turned slightly sideways and I'm looking this way, it looks like I'm getting ready to make a break for it. You know, so those are some things. If you're not sure what your body is telling people, just try to be relaxed. Don't fidget. Don't cross your arms. Slightly lean into the speaker. Look at them in the eye and face them squarely. Yeah, 100%. And be all in. So be willing in communication to offer feedback if feedback is requested and be respectful of your response. So, you know, like communication goes both ways. So as as we talked last episode about being that really good listener, it's also important in communication to be able to do both now. So now you have to be able to present what you need to present, but then also listen with an open ear it's not final it's like you 
don't just say what you need to say and then ne- that's it. No more. <laughs> like, right, like there, you have to also be open and willing to perhaps hear the other side. And again, like, you know, Kat says with assertive conversation, it's be confident, but, you know, keep that also reined in. Like you don't want to come in like a wrecking ball and just, you know, own the space either in communication, right? Use clarifying terms. And if you're being a good communicator, even as speaker, we talk about the listening and the body language of the listener, but also as speaker, watch the body language of the people you're speaking to. Like if it looks like they're fading out on you, maybe you've overtalked your turn, right? <laughs> so there's also, you know, reading the room per se too. And the importance of good communication requires honesty. And I mean, you can you can tell me all day long a pack of lies. It's not great communication, even if you tell it very eloquently, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, you know, be friendly, especially like if you're moving into a place of like public speaking or, you know, getting in front of a group of people. As a yoga teacher, communication's key, mm-hmm. right? Using yeah. a good tone of voice, you know, being able to meet people where they are on their mat, present what you want to present, communicate it well. And, you know, I think one of the important aspects for yoga teachers is to also be in alignment with what you're saying. It doesn't serve this group of people in front of you for you to be talking about wellness if in your own life things aren't in alignment. So really being willing to say, I'm working on all these things too. I'm certainly not above you. I'm just right there with you. We're all mm-hmm. in this rat race together. Yeah, yoga and meditation both. And I'm glad you mentioned yoga. And I know you're going to talk about the throat chakra, but yoga and meditation practices really can supplement your work towards better communication skills. I read that only 7% of our communication is words. Whoa. I know. It, the actual quote was, you've probably heard that the words take up a pretty small portion of one's entire communication message, only 7%. So that's, uh, and what that what makes up most of it is our body language that we've been talking about and our voice. The I'd way be curious, we... like where, what they're referring to, are they referring to takes up 7% like on impact? Like that would totally make sense. Like if I literally say no words, but my face shows fierce anger, my body language is like this big old, you know, middle finger sticking up like, right? Like then, yeah, that says a lot. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to say any words at all. Right. And that's exactly what they meant that that our body posture and our voice complement our message and people can read more into what we're saying and what we mean by that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's um, cool. Yeah. So when it comes to fifth chakra stuff, like we were talking, like we talk about the fifth chakra being that place where we both speak our truth. We also hear any important subconscious and or guidance from our divine or whatever we want to call that for whoever is listening. For me, it's like that universal consciousness, right? But also there's that that communication piece that I want to refer to in the fifth chakra that I think is so important and that I also feel like is a big component for what I would say as blocked or under functioning fifth chakras is that piece for self-advocacy. And so many of us have just been like, ah, no, it's fine. I don't need to speak up right now. Like they're talking. We'll just let them have the room. It's fine. I'll I'll tell them later. Mm -hmm. Will they ever? Maybe not. 
right? And this has kind of become a thing. Like we are noticing this trend in the fifth chakra and energy work of either the very overactive, like can't stop talking or being angry and just, you know, over protruding information or the very under functioning fifth chakras. And it's the, yeah, my voice doesn't matter. Like they don't hear me anyway. So why would I bother? Like, right. Like I can go down this litany. I should literally probably keep a, a little chakra journal of the coined phrases people <sighs> use when their chakras are not functioning. Cause I hear it a lot, right? Like it's like, well, why would I bother? Like they don't hear me anyways. Like they're not listening to what I say. Like mm -hmm. I, I've complained about it at work before and nobody does anything about it. So why should I say anything? Like, right. Like we hear this all the time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, but that piece, that self-advocacy piece. So one of the things I wanted to bring up, and this was something that I had learned, I don't know, a while ago. I don't want to go back and date myself, but maybe in high school when we were talking about a good debate team, but some of the, what they called the 10 ways to fair fight. And I, and I thought it was interesting at the time, but as I look back on it now, so many times, I'm like, wow, that little chunk of education has carried me through arguments at work, carried me through arguments at home, carried me through arguments with my children, like, right, but setting up that healthy boundaries. And I know we just got off of our two boundary part series too, but really just having that like healthy, okay, this is a topic that's volatile, but in order for us to communicate, these are the rules within this, in the box, we're going to fair fight. We both get a chance to speak our minds without interruption, right? So before you even start, like, right, you set up the boundaries, each of you is required to, before you even speak, take two minutes to decide for yourself why you're so upset. What's your why? You talk about what's your why all the time, right? What's your why? Mm -hmm. And then discuss one topic at a time. So if you're supercharged and you're like, well, I got a list, like, nope, not today, one at a time. So we're going to talk about that first one tomorrow when everybody's calmed down or in an hour when everybody's calmed down, then we'll do topic number two or three or whatever it is, right? One topic at a time and not using degrading language. Name calling is off, off, off the table. And if you get to a place of name calling, you need to be able to diffuse and stop and wait, right? Express your feelings with words. Try and keep gestures out of it too, because they're also demeaning. And then be mindful about taking turns. So if you have to be like, hey, I need to get this off my chest, then you can go. And if someone is trying to interrupt you, you say, please wait, I need to finish. But if you've gotten to a place of like totally yelling at each other, then you've maybe gone too far again, right? Mm -hmm. And also silent treatments are equally as ineffectual. So if you've gone to this place of, well, I'm just going to clam up and now I'm not going to say anything, like screw mm -hmm. you. That'll show them. <laughs> yeah, that'll show them. That totally isn't going to help either. And the same with stonewalling. And then be mindful, really, that if it has gotten heated, that you both say, okay, we're clearly not getting anywhere right now. So we're going to take 15 minutes. Go get a glass mm -hmm. of cold water. Each of you will come back and we'll have this discussion again and really try to come to a resolution in the same day. And if you can't set a time frame for when you would like to come to a resolution, trying not to leave it just open ended because unended arguments surface as another argument. Yeah, they always bubble right back up. Yeah, 100%. it may not be immediately. It might be in a day, a week, a year, but they'll come back if it's unresolved. Unresolved. And yep. they'll come back bigger and uglier. Generally. Bigger. You know, something else you can do as far to help you with communication 
and help you with your throat chakra is to meditate Satnam. Uh, truth is my essence. You know, I am truth. And if you are wondering, well, how would I do that? Just sit quietly and just chant Om and then Satnam. And, or you can just chant that in your head. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but just setting with that sound Satnam is valuable for the throat chakra. You can also try some pranayama, brahmari breath, bumblebee breath, where you close off the ears and the eyes, put your hands on top of your head and make that bee buzzing sound. That's fabulous for a more confident and clear voice. And lion's breath. A lot of times you need to just roar to regain your confidence and your belief in yourself and your truth so that you can become a better communicator. And then a few poses for the throat chakra that, you know, this is all centered around, you know, communication, the throat, uh, fish and camel, and even the Jalandhara Banda. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love fish pose. One of my faves. I love even fish a pose. restorative fish pose is just fantastic for the body. Mm -hmm. Do you have any books? You know, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> so and I, I think, have tons of books. Okay. So I think the book that I would recommend just in general is The Wheels of Life by Judith Anadoa, just because you and I have used this book in our teacher training, but it's got such a great chapter on the fifth chakra. Like, I feel like it's just a very good book. And mm -hmm. there's actually one whole section on communication in there. So mm -hmm. I have a book by Ken Davis, The Secrets of Dynamic Communication. And its focus is on being prepared with your focus and delivering with clarity and speaking with power. So are you saying I should get one of these books before I go to speak at the Minnesota University? <laughs> no, Conference? you know what? You always are focused and you always speak with power. I think you may have written that book, helped him write it. <laughs> I don't know about that, but there's also a book called Energy Speaks by <laughs> Lee Harris. And this is really more a book about how your body language and how your energy is speaking out in your body, like physically speaking, right? Like when you're holding things in your voice, how it's manifesting as diseases in the throat or how it's manifesting in like an out of balance thyroid and the likes, like these are all components of that. You know, I'm jumping on Amazon to write down energy speaks and throwing it in my Amazon cart. You know, I know that we have a couple of listeners that immediately start buying books whenever they hear our recommendations. So I would love to know, you guys tell us how many books you have bought that we have recommended. I'm curious. <laughs> it's funny because my I, we were just talking about this in my teacher training class on Sunday because one of the students says, you know, I had to go and buy a new bookshelf. <laughs> That's so funny. Did you realize there are two books of Energy Speaks? There's book one and book two by Lee Harris. I did not know there was a book two. Um, yeah, there you go. Wow. Mm, very cool. Yeah, if anyone gets that book, we'll have our own little book club with Energy Speaks. That'd be awesome. That would be fun. It's a great yeah. book. Go out and communicate with people around you. Don't shut yourself off. Be receptive. Right? Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a pod, signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.